Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode 171. I'm your host, Derek Moore, and this week we're going to talk GDP recessions, but how to simplify, I mean, really understand GDP, the components, how to follow it. And then I may blow your mind with this one. A recession is not two quarters in a row of negative GDP growth. What? Wait, that's what everyone says on TV. Not so fast. So I'll get into that. And there's uh, the actual recessions are from the National Bureau of Economic Research. But more on that later. I had some requests to talk about GDP. And I'm not going to do it as a boring read it out of the textbook. But I'm also not going to do it and throw a bunch of terms at it at you without explaining it. And I know on TV, a lot of people, when the GDP report comes out or they're talking recessions, they throw around a lot of terms like private inventories, like, oh, durable versus non-durable, private fixed investment, or, uh, you know, different things like that. Or what about this technical reason why Q1 or Q2 was down or up? And, and then I'm going to show you, I'm going to give you a link that will actually track, it's a nowcast in real time, and I've talked about it before on the show. You can actually, you know, all the time data is coming out and the estimates are changing from each of these components. And then I want to, you know, I'm going to talk a little about just the weighting of all this stuff. Like, you know, here's the headline. Guess what? The consumer and consumption is the highest contributor to GDP. And it's one of the reasons why people really, you know, watch the retail sales. They watch inventories, watch all that stuff. Okay. So first thing on, on GDP, it comes out quarterly. So every quarter and, and those quarters are annualized. So if you had a 1% gain in, let's say, Q1, well, what happens? You know, back of the napkin says, when, when the headline hits, you'll see, oh, Q1 was up plus 4%. You're like, wait a second, they only went up 1%. Well, those are always annualized. And then eventually, when you have a full year of reporting, that full year gives you the entire year. You know, so for example, December 31st or December, you know, end of year 2020 to end of year 2021, that's the full year 2021. Okay, easy enough. But the interesting thing is that, um, and now I mentioned these, these nowcasts, which I really follow and they're great. Uh, I'll, I'll have some discussion on that a little later and what, you know, when you can use them, when you can't, when they're more reliable, when they're not as reliable. But an example right now, sort of January, February, March. So the March quarter ends. And then for Q1, we get the first estimate in April, the second estimate in May, And then we get the third estimate and the final estimate in June. So in theory, you really don't know officially what the GDP in Q1 was until June. Okay. And think about it. End of the year, end of the year, December, first estimate, January for Q4, second estimate in February, third estimate in March. So some of this is a little bit laggy, but I'll get to the now cast. So GDP... If you ever took it in high school or college or just looked it up, 
it's C plus I plus G plus parentheses X minus M and parentheses. You're like, what is that? Well, it's consumption plus investment plus government spending plus net exports. And when you say consumption, it's really consumers. Investment is business. Government is sort of self-explanatory. And then you have stuff that we export and stuff that we import. And those could be goods or services. More often they are goods. So when you think about consumption, that, and that's to the consumer, that's the highest contribution to GDP. And to give you an example, Q1 of 22, that's Q1 of this year, 68.6% uh, of GDP was made up of consumption. And consumption could be, uh, let's say, you know, durable or non-durable goods. Durable goods are like washing machines and cars. Uh, non-durable are, you know, gas, when you fill up your gas tank, clothing, food. And also in there, you have services. And services might be, you know, your banking, healthcare, education, different stuff like that. I'm not going to give you an all-encompassing list, but that's, that's sort of an idea. And then you have investment. And investment is really business. It's the second highest contributor. And these can, contributions can, can change. For example, in the 1970s, uh, consumer consumption was only, you know, I think it was a little under 50% not going to go back there and there's other reasons why or why not. And then anyway, so, uh, and that's fixed investment and it's also change in private inventories. And I, I'm going to break those down a little bit later. Uh, third highest is government spending. Q1 of 22 is 17.2%. And if you're doing the math, you're like, wait a second, that's like 105%. What's going on there? And maybe you're not doing the math. Hopefully you're not doing the math if you're driving. Keep driving, keep listening though. And, but the, then we come to net exports. In Q1 of 22, the contribution was minus 4.9%. And when you add all of those up, you get to 100%. So we exported more stuff than we imported. All right, so that's, that's kind of the, the high level stuff. And to give you an example too, let's say, I don't know, end of 20 to the end of 21. So this is full year 2021 GDP. And by the way, I should say real GDP versus nominal. So nominal GDP adds everything up, but it doesn't adjust for inflation. In other words, let's make a, a really easy example. Let's say your GDP was $1,000. You're like, wait a second, that doesn't even make sense. I know. It's a small, you live in an island and it's an island of one. I don't know. So you're a thousand bucks. And then, so 2020, a thousand bucks was your GDP. And then end of 2021, you know, full year, uh, it's a thousand one hundred. It's like, oh, cool. My economy grew 10%. A thousand to 1100 is 10%, hundred bucks. But wait a second. What if there was inflation of 10%? Well, you actually had no growth because- the growth was all inflation, not in you know, advance of the economy. So real GDP accounts for inflation. So the components are, if we look at 21, personal consumption expenditures were plus 5.3%. All right, that's cool, good. 
gross private investment plus 1.67, government consumption plus 0.08%, and net imports, uh, which is exports minus imports minus 1.39%, get you five plus 5.66%, or round at about 5.7% real GDP growth in 2021. All right, that's, that's good. Um, so we want to look at these, though. I like to break these down a little bit more, and this is how the Atlanta Fed, uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta does it. They have a, a site, a link to it in the show notes, called GDP Now. It's a nowcast. And a nowcast is like, hey, with the information that we have and it's not complete, let's sort of make an estimate of, you know, right now they're doing estimates. We, we don't even have the final number, you know, final, final GDP of Q1 print. And the Atlanta Fed uh, GDP now is estimating Q2. So Q2 is uh, April, May, and June. And we're not even done June yet. So a nowcast is, hey, based upon everything that we know, what's, what's, the, what's the estimate? What's the rough estimate of this? And this will change, and it tends to diverge closer to the actual GDP the closer you get to the end of the period. But they break down um, those things I just described into you know, five different things. And sure, it's consumer spending, PCE, residential investment, non-residential fixed investment, change in private inventories, and government spending, those five things. And then you can go and you can take a look on the site and see how those are tracking because they have a number. I mean, they'll, they'll come out with new, I think they came out with May 27th. They came out with one June 1st. They'll come out with one, I think this week again. So it's a good, good way to sort of see things. And so I really want you to understand what goes into these, like residential investment. Is that, what does that mean? Is that like when I remodel my house and things like that? By the way, that's correct. And I'm going to get there in a second. What I want to cover really quick, because I get asked this question all the time, and it's, wait a second, we're only in a recession. We had negative, what was it, 1.5 real GDP growth in Q1 of 22 this year. So if we go negative this quarter, and so far we're not, at least the Atlanta Fed GDP is still tracking a plus 1.3%. But if we go negative, that means we're in a recession, right? And if we're positive, we're not. No, no, no. Um, to give you an example of this, there's been recessions where we've had consecutive quarters or more of negative GDP growth. But I'm going to show you something here. Everybody remembers, well, I should everybody remembers unless you're younger, the dot-com bubble crash and the recession that we had um, really, you know, that 2001 and the recession in 2001 started Q2 of 2001. But let me show you something here. Well, I'm, you can't see what I'm doing. But Q1 of 2001 had negative 1.3% GDP growth. Q2, the start of a recession, was plus 2.5%. Q3 was negative, minus 1.6%. And then Q4 was positive, plus 1.1%. We never had two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. We did in the 2008 crisis. 
And, you know, interestingly enough, if we look at, let's say, uh, you know, the, the 2020 recession, which is but a, a blip, yeah, we had we had two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, GDP growth. And you're like, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. All right, here's the reality of it. A recession, there's a, a board, National Bureau of Economic Research, and they meet and they decide when recessions start and when recessions end. And it is not simply two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. I would consider that sort of the back of the envelope. I mean, obviously, if you're getting negative GDP growth, it's likely you'll, you'll have a recession. But you don't need two in a row. The things that they look at, I'm reading right from the NBER website, and I'll, I'll certainly link to this in the show notes. Uh, it says, hey, you know, a recession must influence the economy broadly and not be confined, confined to just one sector. And the committee emphasizes economy-wide measures of economic activity. And they say the determination of the months of peaks and troughs in the economy, I'm, I'm adding in the economy, but it just says peaks and troughs, is based on a range of monthly measures of aggregate real economic activity published by the different federal agencies. And they include real personal income, less transfers. So what that means is uh, transfers means government money. So if the government pays unemployment, or they send out stimulus checks or housing assistance or anything like that, it's real personal income minus any of those government payments or transfers. Then they look at non-farm payroll employment, so the employment numbers, and it's measured by um, you know the household surveys. Remember, unemployment is not a – they do surveys that are representative of the population – Real personal consumption expenditures, and remember that word real means inflation adjusted, wholesale retail sales adjusted for price changes, and industrial production. Uh, production. And they even say in here, there's no fixed rule about what measures contribute uh, to the process or how they are weighted. Um, and they say in the recent decades, the, the two they put the most weight on are real personal income, less transfers, and non-farm payroll employment. Okay, that's a lot, I know, but that's that's sort of what they're looking at. And then you say, well, wait a second. So they, they just meet all the time and they, well, here's the other thing. And this is why the back of the napkin thing came into play. They'll tell you when you're in a recession, after the recession. <laughs> okay, wait a second. What do you mean by that? Well, all right. I'll give you an example. And December 1st of 2008. So you remember the market started behaving badly in 2008. Um, it wasn't until December 1st of 2008, the announcement of December 2007 business cycle peak beginning of last recession. What? That's almost, that's a year. And... You know, I mean, so, yeah, exactly. I'll give you another example. They said the recession, they called the official end to the recession of 2001 um, in July of 2003. 
So my point of saying this is, and I'll put a link to it because it's a really good website and they have all the different official recessions, peak trough, dates, uh, going back, you know, over a hundred years, I think. So it's kind of kind of a cool thing to take a look at. Uh, but this this board determines the recessions. And I know a lot of you listening are like, I know there's a when there was a recession. I'll give you a good example. I live in Arizona. Arizona has a lot of people come in for spring training for baseball. And I remember of March of 2008 that you could just see the attendance at, at uh, uh, San Francisco Giants play in Scottsdale. You could just see that there were less people at the games. There was less, less demand. Uh, people weren't flying in and staying for the month in, in Arizona to go to spring training. I think it was that same year too, I was traveling quite a bit, going and giving talks on investing around the country. And I would park in this garage at, at Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport. And you could just tell there were never spaces available on certain levels. And then you could just see there are more spaces on, okay, wow, you could actually park on level six now. Oh, you can park on level five. And it was interesting because you, you saw that for a while. I saw it for a while. And it took some time for, for those, that garage to start picking up again. And the reason why that's, an, uh, you know, just a, a, a channel checking, you know, person on the street sort of observation was a lot of business travel got cut. And so anyway, so let's get back to our, our GDP. And this is how you can watch this stuff. So uh, I'll put a link to the GDP now, Atlanta Fed. They break down the five categories, consumer spending, PCE, residential investment, non-residential fixed investment, change in private inventories, and government spending. And I'll also put a link to, uh, uh, to the BEA site. And once the BEA site, uh, Bureau, Bureau of Economic Activity, and here you can actually see the different percentages and you can see uh, historically the contribution margins. But I'm going to st stick with the, uh, the Atlanta Fed for now because that updates more, more frequently. And so this, this residential investment, like what does that even mean? Well, it's construction of new single and multifamily structures. It's not, it, it's important to know too, if the building was, let's say a building was built in 2000 and it sells, that's not residential investment because that building, that structure was already in the year 2000s uh, GDP. But residential remodeling, yeah, if you remodel your house, that's residential investment. Uh, production of new manufactured homes or you know broker fees. Non-residential investment. It's think about firms and capex, capital expenditures, uh, new construction, commercial real estate. Uh, they buy a bunch of machines. Uh, they need like a, a new toolbox. Factories. Uh, you know they create factories. They they buy software stuff like that. Um, consumer spending is kind of, you know, it is what it is. It's the value of goods and services purchased by or on behalf of U.S. residents. And you might say, wait a second, 
what if somebody in Europe buys a widget and it's shipped over to Europe? Shouldn't that be, well, that's an export. All right, we'll get to that. So that, that gets credited a, a different way. But consumer spending is, is a big deal. It's, as I mentioned, it's one of the highest. Uh, and that could be goods or services. So we think about uh, you know, consumer spending, consumer spending, personal consumption expenditures, uh, goods, that's, that's okay. That's goods, right? It's, uh, and that's about 23.8% of the 68.6% of Q1 of 22. And they break those down, durable versus non-durable goods. And, you know, when you think about durable versus non-durable goods, remember, durables are washing machines, non-durable is food, gas, and clothing, right? Um, and then services. So this is kind of interesting too, because COVID, a lot of the services really suffered. And I don't think services spending is up to where it was pre, you know, back in 2019, uh, a lot more goods. So you've got goods and you got services. Then we got a ch uh, change in private inventories. This was responsible, by the way, for, so Q4, um, it went up quite a bit. And I'm trying to get the, the number here as we're, uh, we're talking. Uh, uh, I can't find it right now. I'll, I'll find it though. Um, but anyway, so change in private inventories, think about it this way. You've got inventory and then you have sales as a business. And when the change is positive, what that means is production is higher than consumption. So you've added more inventory than, than you've sold. And if it's positive, it gets added to GDP. In other words, makes GDP more positive or less negative. But when the change is negative, production is lower than consumption and you subtract from the private investment part of, uh, of GDP. And the key here is are, are companies ordering and adding to inventories or are they cutting back? And this is an important area because you know, you want companies being like, hey, we need more inventory because we're going to need, we expect more sales. And there was some inventory discussion around the Walmart and the Target earnings. Uh, Jay Pestocelli and I touched on that. I'll link to that, uh, that episode as well. But that's a big deal. Government spending, by the way, um, that's, you know, they, they pay people. It's both state and local government. They do defense spending, infrastructure. They buy equipment. So, you know, you buy pens for the White House. That's that's uh, government spending. So, I mean, th those are the different pieces. Now, I mentioned, I keep talking about this Atlanta Fed GDP Now site. And if I, so if I look right now, and so this is going to be updated June, Tuesday, June 7th, the latest estimate, uh, which came out June 1st, was for plus 1.3% in Q2, not in Q1. Remember, we're still getting the official Final numbers, uh, we'll get those in, um, in this month, actually, for Q1. But this is a nowcast, and there's information of you know explaining what that is and things like that. 
And on here, you can look at the sub-component uh, contribution charts. And so if I look here and I say, okay, let me see what's going on. Well, they come to the 1.3% uh, GDP now forecast because they have consumer spending PCE plus 2.99, non-residential fixed investment plus 0.38, residential investment at minus 0.47, change in private inventories minus 1.53, net exports minus 0.25, and government spending 0.19. You add those all up and you get the plus 1.3, okay? And when we think about the, the first quarter of 22, one of the big uh, things was there was a lot more uh, exports minus imports. Net exports was minus 3.20. Uh, change in private inventory is minus 0 0.84. Um, so those were... But net exports was a big driver to get to the zero point, I'm sorry, the negative 1.4% of the GDP estimate, all right? The best way to follow all this stuff is start to think about when these components come out. And I'm gonna throw some links in the, uh, in the show notes. One is the Atlanta Fed GDP Now, of course. The US Census Bureau publishes different components, for example, they have new home construction month over month. They have advanced retail sales. They have all these different things. Uh, there are, uh, the BEA comes out with stuff. Uh, the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And so you can start to follow these components. And it's also kind of, because GDP, remember we said is, we want real GDP, not nominal GDP. Because if all you do is see prices rise, you're like, oh, awesome, we made, we grew 10%. No, 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 inflation went up 10%. We didn't grow the economy by 10%. So that's why it's important to, to have real numbers. The final thing I'll say is, remember I, I harp back to the idea of official recessions are not two quarters in a row of negative GDP growth. And somebody asked me the other day, could we have two quarters of negative GDP growth and not be in a recession? It's an interesting question. And the reason why it's interesting is that, remember I told you in 2000, uh, 2001, we didn't have two consecutive quarters. We had two out of three quarters in 2011 that were negative. We had a minus one in Q1 of 2011, positive 2.7, Q2 of 11, and then Q3 of 11 minus 0.2%. There was no recession in 2011. Just looking at a, a chart on real gross domestic product from Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, just eyeballing it, I couldn't find a time where we had negative two quarters in a row and it didn't have a recession. They, they sort of shade the areas on the, the graph uh, in the years or quarters in gray that you can see the recessions. But I'll harp back to, according to the NBER, um, remember they said, there's no fixed rule about what measures contribution information to the process or how they are weighted in our decisions. But in recent decades, the two measures we have put the most weight on are real personal income, less transfers, and non-farm payroll employment. And 
it's sort of interesting because right now we have a situation where jolts, that's the job openings, less turnover, is still wide open. I mean, if uh, people want a job, apparently they can get a job because there's a lot of a lot of openings right now. And unemployment's really low. So it does bring up an interesting question. If unemployment re- remains low, can you still have a recession? Well, I guess it does beg a little thinking because according to the uh, National Bureau of Economic Research, they look at non-farm payroll employment, real personal income, less transfers. And then, as I said, some of the other things, uh, real personal income, less transfers, non-farm payroll, employment is measured by household survey, real personal consumption expenditures, wholesale retail sales, adjusted for price changes, and industrial production. Well, I guess maybe we'll see if employment stays low and some of the other ones. I'm not calling a recession. I think, by the way, if we have a recession, as I've said before, it would be the most telegraphed and obvious recession ever. And sometimes the crowd is wrong. But it does beg the question, can we have a recession if unemployment is low? I don't know. I don't know. All right, folks, we're going to call it there. Uh, Derek.more at zegafinancial.com. That's D-E-R-E-K dot M-O-O-R-E at Z as in zebra, E as in Eddie, G as in George, A as in apple. Uh, financial is up to you to spell correctly. And uh, we will, uh, you know, shoot me an email if you want other topics, if you have an idea for any guest. Uh, love to uh, hear from listeners. It's always great to get emails. And if you have questions about how we hedge, how we manage portfolios and how hedging take some of the the angst out of, you know, oh, we go into a recession, we're not going into a recession. Uh, better just buy and hedge. All right, see everyone next week. We will uh, talk to you then. Bye.